Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. side of midnight i'm frank morano well this is a, always a special treat because not only does the guest that i have the privilege of talking to now have an opinion on everything but he's had an outsized impact on everything the world of wrestling the world of publishing the world of politics on top of it all he was a romp and stomp a navy seal frogman, an expert on just about everything a man who has done it all and is still doing it all now in the world of Substack. It gives me a great deal of pleasure to welcome the former governor of Minnesota, Governor Jesse the Body Ventura, or Jesse the Mind Ventura. Governor, it's great to talk with you again. One thing that I'm very proud of, though. What's that? Well, I'm also, I only went to high school, and I'm a Harvard fellow. I taught one whole year at Harvard, one whole I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin your reputation with all your uh, biker pals by mentioning your time at Harvard. Oh no, not at all. No, I'm very <laughs> proud of that because of the fact I only went to high school, and it was kind of strange to get an offer, which I did after I got done being governor. When the letter came from Harvard University offering me to teach for a year in the Kennedy School of Government, and of course, what I taught was third-party politics, which was right down my alley, you know. And who could they? get better to talk about third-party politics. I'm glad that you mentioned your educational background and the fact that you have so much real-world experience, which uh, which helped a lot of Ivy Leaguers learn about third-party politics, probably among other things. Uh, do you think there's too much emphasis these days on sending every child to college? Do you think we need to sort of rethink the educational landscape in this country? I, I that you know that's truly an individual question in a way because it it differs from person to person. Is college best for you? It may not be best for me. You know that that to me, I don't think I could sit here and make a blanket statement and say, yeah, you know, maybe we focus too much on college because you know I kind of laugh when I look at my career. I went into the Navy right out of high school and never ever did get a degree at college, but I also saw plenty of guys at college that while they were going to college, they got a job. And mm. after they graduated from college, they're still at that job. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh... you know, which which see college is to prepare you, in my opinion, for what you're going to do. And in certain instances, some people don't require that to do what they're going to do. I mean, look at pro basketball. 
LeBron James, Kevin Garnett, the late Kobe Bryant. They didn't need college. Yeah, I wonder really about the fella that uh, racks up all this debt where he'd be better off and better prepared for a career if there was more of an emphasis on something like vocational training, which the country seems to have gotten away from. Well, that and the fact that, you know, why is it required you get a degree in four years? Right. You know, you go, you can go work and go to school part-time, and maybe your degree takes you eight years to get it. After all, look at Joe Pesci. He took him, what, six years to pass the bar, and Cousin Vinny. (laughs) (laughs) You know, seventh time's the charm, whatever whatever they say. One of my favorite shows I might have. One of my favorite movies. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I want to pick your brain on a few other items in the news. I've been listening uh, to your podcast and reading the Substack that you do with your son, uh, yeah. Die First, Then Quit, which I do recommend. I was a little surprised to see the headline in one of your recent Substacks, A Farewell to the Baja. I know you've been living a portion of the year in uh, Baja, California, Mexico for some time now. You've always said that you're not that crazy about those cold Minnesota winters, even though you love Minnesota. Is this a temporary goodbye to the Baja or a full-time goodbye to the Baja? No, it's full-time. How come? The, uh, the adventure's over. Uh, I, I, did, I, I moved down there for that. I, I was just past 50 years old then when I got out of office. I was young enough, I felt, to do one more kind of wild and crazy adventure. And so I moved down in the wintertime. I lived an hour from pavement and an hour from electricity, living off the grid down there. I did have electricity. I lived completely solar from the sun. And uh, I did that and enjoyed the hell out of it. It's a part of my life I will never forget. I did things down there. I touched whales in the wild from a boat, gray whales, put my hands in their mouth. You know, things like that, uh, the uh, the adventure in doing that. But on the same token, I knew it was time to end for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, my wife and I are getting, we drive, drove it every year. It was 3,000 miles door to door. Wow. So I did a 6,000 mile drive every year round trip in doing this. And uh, it's a new generation down there. Uh, I've been there nearly 20 years, almost two decades, and here's the sad part and why I felt it was time to go. I won't be around or won't live long enough to see it recover. We're destroying the oceans, and if we don't wake up to the fact that if the ocean dies, we die, that is not negotiable. You can't argue it. If the I don't oceans know if you... die, will die. And I'm watching the oceans down there dying. I couldn't take it anymore. I'll give you mm. examples. When I was there 15 years ago, every day I would see groups of pelicans, probably 15 to 20 in a V formations, flying along the surf zone. Five, six of these, eight of these groups a day. I went down there for 30 days to get my stuff out in May. I saw a total of seven pelicans the whole time I was there in a month. Wow. Rattlesnakes. I used to see two to three, four a week. I was there for a month and saw one. Um, 
on the beach. We'd walk before, there'd be shells, dead fish, all this stuff. I walk the beaches now, there's no shells. And mind you, I'm off the grid here. This ain't where the tourists are. There's right. no shells, there's no dead eye. Something has to be alive out there and die to wash up on the beach. Mm. There's nothing uh, out there it? to die. I used to see 21 of these bonka fishing boats go out every morning. Locals fishing. Now I see none. Hmm. What a shame that is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so, uh, w- w- what's your plan to uh, escape the Minnesota winters now? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, you got to keep us posted. That decision yet? I will make that decision because I I've spent three in a row here. The pandemic, I had to leave. You know, <laughs> miss that year. Then I had a year. The next year, my batteries went out. They had already five years over what they were supposed to, which was remarkable. But we had that the problems with you couldn't get nothing. So it took me from May to, or from November till May just to get my batteries in down there. When I finally got them in, that was then it came this year. Things came up, and I put it up for sale about a year ago. Uh, I got an offer on it, and so I sold it this year, and I went down and got my stuff out of there. I have to ask you about uh, the news that we lost, a, a legendary entertainer. You've done a little singing in your life, not so much as, uh, as Tony Bennett, but I wanted to ask you specifically about uh, Tony Bennett, who was a World War II veteran, just as you were a Navy SEAL and uh, served in the Vietnam era. Uh, Tony Bennett was very heavily criticized for some of the comments that he made about the war in Iraq, even saying that what happened with September 11th might have been some sort of blowback for United States foreign policy. You lost a TV show over your criticism of the war in Iraq, and I'm sure a lot of money that came with that TV show. And you've been uh, very criticized over some of the things that you made, the remarks that you've made over September 11th over the years. Give me your thoughts on Tony Bennett, both as an entertainer and sort of a, an independent thinker when it came to U.S. military policy specifically. Well, first and foremost, I'll say that Tony Bennett is probably very young man considering that both my mother and father were World War II veterans with him. They didn't mm. serve with him, of course, I don't think. Mm. But both of my parents, and not many people can say their mom was a World War II veteran. My mom served in North Africa as a nurse, and she was there. North Africa happened before Normandy. And she outranked your father. North Africa first, before they ever invaded Normandy. And that's where my mom and dad were. My dad had six bronze battle stars. North Africa, Normandy, Battle of the Bulge, Remagen Bridge, uh, Anzio in Berlin. And uh, so I'll say this, getting back to Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett's a World War II veteran, just like my mom and dad. Uh, he certainly is a better singer than my mom and dad. <laughs> and, and had a great, great voice. Uh, you know, and he stayed modern. 
I mean, who can imagine a guy his age doing the the uh, uh, monumental yeah. albums with Lady Gaga? Uh, his uh, duets with uh, with Amy Winehouse were pretty terrific too. So, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, he's going to be that that stayed forever young. Absolutely, he's this definitely going to be uh... quote. And <laughs> you know, if he did leave his heart in San Francisco, he left it <laughs> the right place. <laughs> he's certainly going to be missed. A life yeah, well lived and, and a career. He well had lived. a voice like. No other, you know, his voice was what carried him. I mean, I heard a bio on him where I forget how he started. He was a singing waiter. Yeah, it's incredible. Absolutely so incredible life story. Waiting tables, singing to the people at the tables. And, and he had a voice that was so tremendous. And then, of course, I'm sure he worked on it because, you know, anything you develop to the level that Tony Bennett did, you, you don't get it for free. You know, you're going to put your time in. And uh, and he did. And uh, and for him, like I said, the thing I respect most about Tony is uh, how he stayed modern. You know, as he got elderly, like right now on mine, I got a boost back that way via my son. Mm. You know yeah, he's uh, my son that? walked up to me and played me a tape. And I thought for a moment that they had found archive tapes that had never been released of Led Zeppelin. And I went, oh, my God, where did they find old Led Zeppelin tapes that weren't released? And was it AI? It's not Led Zeppelin. It's Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> and I, I am now a huge Greta Van Fleet fan because of the fact I thought I was going to die and never hear Led Zeppelin again. Well, Greta Van Fleet has made that now not possible. Now I will die, and I will hear Led Zeppelin again, and even Robert Plant admitted to it. That, that is outstanding. Um, I want to pick your brain on a few other subjects. Sure. I know you were in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee recently, and um, we're airing on a few stations right now in Tennessee. We're on uh, WUCT in Nashville. We're on the, the Mighty 990 in Memphis. I understand you actually had an opportunity to meet with another wrestler turned politician, the Big Red Machine, Kane, now the mayor of uh, Knox County, Tennessee. Did you have any advice for him on navigating the wrestling turned political waters not at all he don't need my advice he's doing fine no i i, I ran into kane yes he's the mayor of the county and i had to learn that down there in tennessee they got mayors of the city and mayors of the county you know we don't have it like that in minnesota we don't have mayors of the county <laughs> and i found out yeah. that co county mayors are higher on the totem pole yeah that would be a mayor. learning uh, that'd so be a learning I'm, curve for me too. Doing fine. He's uh, he, you know, he had political aspirations. I went to something when I went into the Hall of Fame, and he was reading a book then by Ron Paul, and he came up and gave it to me, you know, so that I would have the opportunity to read it too. So I know Kane has always had it in his head about public service and getting elected, and he's done it. And I t mainly I just teased him. I said, well, you got one more to go. You got to become governor of Tennessee, and then you followed me all the way. <laughs> From the moment you got yeah, elected you know, governor. I was a mayor, too, first. At Brooklyn Park, right? Yeah, people forget that, that I had four years. and that, Brooklyn Park was actually, the, at that time, the sixth largest city in Minnesota. 
Yeah, I uh, I remember when you got elected, you even before you took office, you were regular on all the Sunday net, network news shows, Tim Russert, Meet the Press, all these shows. And you would get the question every week, uh, basically about running for president. This was before you even took office. And you basically said, well, let, let me actually do my job and do the job that I was elected to before we even think about uh, running for some other office, not like any other politician. Right. And always for the last uh, 25 years, there's been this constant drumbeat of folks trying to run you for president. I know the Green Party thought about nominating you in 2020. In Alaska, they actually put you on the ballot. Uh, anyway, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the presidential race? It looks like on the major party front, we're heading towards a Biden versus Trump rematch. But there's also a talk of a, a major third party ticket with no Cornell West looking to run as the Green candidate. Where Where are you viewing the presidential race at this point? Well, you know, first and foremost, uh, the Green parties, when I dabbled with them, they're fractured. They're in two entities right now, and it would have required me to bring them both together and then take on the Democrats and Republicans. Not even I can do that. Mm. You know, you've got to have a party behind you that is focused. You have to have a party behind you that wants to win. The Green Party don't want to win. They don't, truly they don't. They don't give a damn about winning. They just want to make statements, I guess. That's right. what I learned about them. They, mm -hmm. they have no, no at all desire to actually go out there and win, win an election. And uh, uh, as far as where do I stand right now, it looks like we're going to get a rematch of Biden and Trump. I don't know how that can be. I mean, in my opinion, Donald Trump attempted a coup d'etat under the 14th Amendment. He should never, ever be allowed to hold public office again because he violated his oath against the Constitution. He, I took an oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I view the Republican Party right now as a domestic enemy of the Constitution for what they did January 6th. N not every January Republican, though, was right? inexcusable. They've attempted to overturn the election and the Constitution of the United States of America, and they're a bunch of cowards, McCarthy and them, who fall victim to Donald Trump. Why are they so afraid of this guy? You know what I've almost done? I've almost resigned from the WWE Hall of Fame. I've come within an eyelash of doing it. You know why? Because, because Trump's Donald in there? Trump is in it, and he doesn't deserve to be in it. He does not deserve to be in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. When did Donald Trump ever work 63 consecutive nights in a row like I did? When did Donald Trump ever do anything but provide two buildings for us to wrestle in and did one little gimmick with McMahon? And that makes him Hall of Fame? As you can tell, I'm anti-Donald Trump the whole I way. can tell. I can tell. And you guys were, were pretty friendly at one time. There was even talk that you were trying to get him to run in 2000 yeah, as well, the Reform we Party desperate. candidate. We were desperate till I got to know the guy. You know, back in 2000, back when I won with the third party, we were desperate for anybody, you know, up on the top level. I wouldn't do it because I have a different criteria, as you said. I had a job to do in Minnesota. 
when you commit yourself to doing that job for four years, how about doing it? Like Ron DeSantis now. He's running for president. He's supposed to be governing Florida, isn't he? Well, obviously the governor's job isn't that important if he can run off and run for president, right? Yeah. I've I've said that for years. It tells me that they're figureheads to begin with or they complete the job they went after and do it to the best of their ability. That's the difference between Jesse Ventura and the rest of these bozos. I'm a statesman. They're politicians. One one person that is exciting a lot of people, and he's at about 20% in some of the polls, depending on which poll you look at, is somebody that you mentioned prominently in a couple of your books. In fact, you even lay out a scenario where the two of you would want president and vice president together, and that's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, I know you probably have some significant differences on the vaccine issue, but how do you how do you view the Robert F. Kennedy Jr. candidacy? Where do you see that going? What's your take on it? Well, I'm, I'm for have anybody that wants to run. You know, I, I oppose the two-party dictatorship, as my friend Ralph Nader called it, which mm-hmm. is what you got. So if Robert wants to run, more power to him for running. The same with Cornell. All these people, if they legitimate, the hard thing is this. You can't get ballot access mm. in all 50 states. Why don't they make it universal? The same thing for every state. It's a federal election. They won't uh, do that. They make it different uh, in every state. So you have to hire all these people, raise all this money. Just to, do you know what the, you know, you know when they talk about these people raising money in their campaigns, you know what that's actually for? It's so they can hire people to go get them elected. The people that are working for them don't even necessarily believe in them. They're being paid. I learned that. You know, when I ran for governor of Minnesota, you know how many people were paid on my campaign? One. I think (laughs) that is extraordinary. campaign manager, we paid him the equivalent of his private sector job because he did this full time. Everybody else was a volunteer who believed. Who believed? And the point is, what you got in these parties, it isn't belief. It's hired. They hire masses of people to go out and get them elected. That's why they have to raise these millions of dollars. My Speaking dad, of- my dad the World War II veteran, said to me once, I came home from school. He said, all politicians are crooks. I said, Dad, how can you make a blanket statement like that? They can't all be. He goes, yes, they can. I said, why? He said, here's why. Because they spend a million dollars for a job that only pays a hundred grand. Well, his son only raised $300,000 to become governor of Minnesota. I made 120000 a year. That means I made four hundred and eighty. I made more money doing the job than what I spent to get it. So my dad can look down at his son and say, wow, my son's not a crook. You may be the only governor in uh, the 20th century that can that can say that. That's uh, that's for sure. I do want to ask you, though, um, it's so, talking about uh, the Kennedy situation, sure. you've been very vocal about the John F. Kennedy assassination, written a couple of books where yep. you get into that. Recently, President Biden made the decision to keep certain documents related to the Kennedy assassination, essentially secret indefinitely, which is probably a violation 
of the 1992 John F. Kennedy uh, Records Act. What, what did you make of President Biden's decision? Why do you think he's keeping these documents secret? I don't know. Why have all of them done it? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I should know. Look what's happening in Florida now and how they're going to teach their children in school over the slavery issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So they're rewriting history. Well, people in our government can't admit that November the 22nd, 1963 was a coup d'etat, because that's what it was. You had a violent change of government here, and they do not want, in the annals of United States history, people knowing that people within our government overthrew our government, killed our president, and went on to do what they did and cover it up afterward. And they're not going to let that out, obviously. I mean, everybody that was involved is dead now. So that isn't the reason. So it's got to be to keep up this facade that somehow, here's the position I have. Do you remember a few months ago, they cleared the names of those two guys that had been accused of killing Malcolm X? Right, yes. I think that the same should be done now for Lee Harvey Oswald. So you don't think Oswald was involved at all? Well, he didn't pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. If he was involved, remember, there was an attempted killing in Chicago, and it, and it was exposed by a format, FBI format by the, informant by the name of Lee. Lee Oswald was an undercover agent. One thing we did learn out of these documents that got released, James Jesus Angleton knew all about Lee Harvey Oswald, and he's a big CIA big shot. He knew all about Oswald as early as 59. Now, why? Why? And why are these... Oswald was a government agent. His defection to... Russia was a false defector program. He was brought back in the U.S. and wasn't even debriefed. And they paid for it. Come on. It's, when they got arrested, okay, here's the best one. When they, got it, when they arrested him, all they knew, some store guy saw him walk into the movie theater and not buy a ticket. So he calls the police. Now, you've just had the murder of the president. You've just had the murder of Officer Tippett a few miles away. And he calls up to report somebody went into the movie theater and didn't buy a ticket. And you know what they did? They sent over a dozen squad cars, over 20 cops and the media to go arrest this guy. Now, apply common sense here. (laughs) If you were the dispatcher and got a call about somebody sneaking into the theater and the president and one of your cops had just recently been killed, wouldn't you tell him, don't bother me now, we have other things to do? One would think, one would think. And instead they send, I don't know how many squad cars, double-digit squad cars, the news media, and over 20 cops to arrest this guy that didn't buy a ticket in the theater. And you're telling me that wasn't a setup? Come on. You make a pretty compelling case there. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You've been re- very generous with, with your time. I, I did want to ask you, though, about this. I know anyway, you spend a lot of... Bo- wait, getting back to yeah. Bobby. Go ahead. Bobby just seemed to... He got to get off of the damn... Uh, uh, Get on to policy and get off of the damn pandemic. Yeah, I think I'm that's one of the things that get on the policy. He needs yeah, he hopefully... needs to run on the on what he's known for the environment. Stick to what the people love you for, and Bobby Kennedy, they love him because of his stance on the environment. Look what he did against Monsanto. Someone that actually gives him a great deal of credit for uh, his environmental stewardship and actually said he was very helpful when he was governor is your old co-star in three movies, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He said Bobby Kennedy Jr. recommended a key environmental advisor. He hired him in California and did a lot of things that you wouldn't traditionally expect a Republican to do on environmental issues. I'm curious if you've seen the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, documentary series on Netflix and and what your take was on it. Uh, I haven't seen it, and I don't watch Netflix. (laughs) You've got to remember something, Frank. I've never owned a cell phone. I I uh, I know that I know you've been catching up on some Leave It to Beaver reruns though, so I figured maybe this Arnold documentary made its way well, into only your because, viewing. Only because I met Jerry Mathers. What was that like? The Beaver really? meets the body. I, had, I sat and had lunch with him. You know what? You know what he told me. You know who the greatest actor was on Leave It to Beaver, according to Jerry Mathers. Uh, who's that? Eddie Haskell. <laughs> no, he told me Ken Osmond was the complete opposite of what he played. I'm always a Barbara Billingsley fan, though, as June Cleaver. She was uh, she was phenomenal. Uh, oh, yeah, finally, I remember this now, and I learned this. Eddie ended up a Los Angeles sheriff and was wounded in the line of duty. I had no idea about that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Eddie showed up at some uh, quick stop robbery or something because Jerry Mathers told me about it. And he said there was gunfire exchanged and Eddie actually got wounded. I kind of laughed about it. Eddie Haskell, L.A. uh, sheriff, right? Can you imagine getting pulled over? (laughs) 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 And you're going to look at it and go, Eddie, how could you of all people give me a ticket? <laughs> exactly, Governor. I'll end with this. You've been very generous with your time, but uh, this this is the first time that we have spoken since uh, legendary wrestling superstar superstar Billy Graham passed away. I know so much of your early persona as a wrestler was uh, modeled after him, and uh, I know you've cited him as sort of a mentor and an inspiration to you in the wrestling business. Any thoughts on the passing of superstar Billy Graham? Well, a hole in my heart. Uh, I there would have been no. I said this to the New York Times, and they printed it when they did a, a beautiful piece on the superstar. Um, there would have been no Jesse Ventura without Superstar Graham. Plain and simple. In mm-hmm. fact, there probably wouldn't have been a Hulk Hogan. I can't answer, but I know enough about the situation. For me, I came home on leave. I was getting ready to get out of the Navy. I came home on leave. 
had about 30 days left to do in the Navy. All my buddies were busy. Wrestling was that night at the Minneapolis Auditorium. I had nothing to do. I went down there, walked up to the thing. I said, give me the best seat you got. The lady said, I got one in the front row. You want it? I said, sure. Bought the seat from her, went in, sat down, watched wrestling. And I think Billy was in the semi-main event that night in the tag match. And I watched Billy Superstar Graham, his whole persona, walk into the ring. And I watched, and it was that night it hit, maybe this is what I want to do when I get wow. out of the service. Wow. Wow. Um, so all right. Again, uh, it, there would not have been a Jesse Ventura had he not walked in that auditorium that night and saw Superstar. Uh, that is uh, that is a, a beautiful tribute, and that's uh, quite a claim to fame. Governor, the time always flies whenever we speak. I appreciate you being so generous with your time. I'm glad you're now back on the grid. Hopefully, we can uh, we can speak a bit more. I appreciate it. Okay, Frank, keep up the good work, and uh, and if I change my mind on Trump, I'll let you know. Thanks. <laughs> I won't hold my breath. Okay. Uh, bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Governor Jesse Ventura, if you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you can give me a call, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. 